All right, and we're back for another episode of the Sports Department Podcast with Justin Valentovic, Stephen Clark, Jesse Norman, and Stephen Bologna. And we're just going to keep moving along on our NFL division previews. Last time we started with the NFC South, so let's keep it with the AFC South, mainly because we're going from least interesting divisions to the most interesting. And this is next up. So that's, of course, has the NF- the Colts in it, but the Titans, the Texans, and the Jaguars, they've all had interesting off seasons. So we'll get into that. But guys, what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm doing good. Um, this might be my last pod for about five to 12 weeks, um, depending on, you know, the injury oh. in my foot. But, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But no, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, we had our first taste of football a few nights ago with the Hall of Fame game. Jesse's uh, lockdown Pittsburgh Steeler defense showed up to play. Um, so, you know, I'm excited. Football's football's back. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, man. Um, like Steve said, football's back. We're here talking some AFC South action. Um, about a couple of weeks ago, I was a little more excited to do this podcast, not as much <laughs> now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to be talking football again. Second football podcast, like I said in other podcasts, football podcasts are the ones we thrive in the most. Like we do our um, our betting odds and all those predictions. We do the breakdowns, and honestly, we start the most debates with football too. So it's I really the one like we all give a shit ones. most about. Exactly, it's basically exactly. that sport. Yeah, so I'm excited. Hey man, I can't complain. Winning the Hall of Fame game, biggest game, <laughs> biggest game of the year. Am I right? I saw. Uh, no. Didn't Claypool get hurt though? No, Pretty- nobody. No, everybody like tweaked something, but nobody got actually hurt. Well, they left. I think they left him in until like midway through the third. Oof. That's way too long. Like, took like a big hit. I was like, I don't know why everybody's still in. But, hey, what are you going to do? That's the Hall of Fame game, so nobody cares. But the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies this weekend. So the two classes of 2020 and 2021 finally going in. So they get their moment. But cool. So let's talk about the AFC South. And let's start with the winner of last year's division. And that is the Tennessee Titans, who went 11-5. and They basically brought back everybody. They lost Arthur Smith, their assistant head coach. I think he was their OC, right, Jesse? OC and assistant coach. So he's out. He's out in Atlanta, so they have someone else stepping up. But the big acquisition of the offseason was getting Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. So they get another massive wide receiver downfield to go with A.J. Brown, in addition to Derrick Henry. So Ryan Tannehill has no excuses to keep up the level of production that he's had since he got to Tennessee, basically, at this point. Yeah, it sucks. Sucks for us. I mean, it's awesome to see in every if you're a team of any other fan besides like the Jaguars, Texans, and Colts, but man, they have a squad down here. They have an elite offense with arguably the best running back in the league right now. Um, The best, one of the greatest, if not, you can argue that wide receiver of all time in Julio Jones. Granted, he's a little bit older now, but he's still very, very productive. Um, And still AJ Brown's very good too. And I know they, like you said, you got, they got rid of their tight end. They got rid of Johnu Smith, but Tannehill just has to do his job at quarterback. And it's, it's, it's all, it's all good and well for this Titans team. Their defense ain't half bad either. Um, It is the weak spot of the team, the defense, but if they, some if they just like you know counteract the offense whatever they'll be they'll be fine it's a really good team in Tennessee I can see them honestly going pretty far with this offense too I wouldn't count out an AFC championship game with this team I really wouldn't yeah I think that has to be the floor with them especially after getting Julio because you know in my radio career I was quote saying that uh, Mike Vrabel is quote the dumbest coach alive yep. in the NFL and then he was one win away from the Super Bowl <laughs> so 
they they're a good team. You know, they they're going for it at this point. They know what they have. They know their window, and they're going for it. They're giving Tannehill plenty of talent around them. And didn't they sign Bud Dupree in the offseason as well? I think yeah. so. That helps the defense a little bit. But like you said, Clark, that definitely is their weaker spot. Yeah. Um, it also does help for them that the Colts are going to have a rough, most likely starting five seasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, with if the Colts are healthy, be neck and neck. We'll get to that. But like you guys said, I mean, this offense is, is probably up there with the chiefs in, in terms of how great of talent they have on their strong offensive line. It's just the defense and specifically the secondary for me. I mean, their, their CB one is Janoris Jenkins, which could be a problem. Um, they, they did lose the Dory Jackson and Desmond King. They did draft Caleb Farley though, who, you know, me and Jesse weren't really that high on in the draft. And he, he fell to them all the way. I believe it was like 24 Kevin Byard's the only real staple of that secondary. So that could be a problem for them. Um, but like I said, with, with the Colts, with the division, not being the best, the Titans should win this division pretty easily. Um, you know, double digit wins most likely as long as Tannehill stays healthy. And like I said, this, this could be a historic offense here. I want to scale back on the offense just a little bit because I think the loss of Arthur Smith is a big one. Um, He was probably the top offensive coordinator going into the offseason of a guy who you knew uh, was going to get a job. That being said, um, the defense did try to adjust and address some of their concerns uh, with the Bud Dupree signing. I don't love that that's their only signing. Uh, Caleb Farley on defense, great pick at where they were at. At, he fell to them. We don't know how healthy he's going to be this year, and we don't know how he's going to adjust to the NFL. So while I think the Titans are an easy pick to win the division, I would not be surprised if for the first five, six weeks, this is a team putting up 17, 20 points, and we're all like, whoa, what's wrong with this offense? Well, and it's going to be because they're kind of having to do a new thing where They have Julio and A.J. Brown, who are both kind of doing the same role, which is fine because they're obviously both two top 10 receivers at worst. And then you have Derrick Henry, who usually kicks it up in the second half of the year when guys are more beaten up and tired. So I think there's a chance that, you know, going into week six, week seven, we're looking at this Titans team as not as good as we thought. But I think the second half, as per usual, is when they're going to kick up and get better. And the only thing I can think that could possibly hold the Titans back a little bit is we don't necessarily know how Derrick Henry's going to rebound off of 2000 yards. His usage rating was insane last year. He was carrying the ball significant amount of time. That was Titans football where get the ball, give it to Derrick Henry and control the clock. Can they do do that again? I don't know, but that's probably why they got Julio to where they can throw it a little bit more to give Henry a little extra rest and not have to go to him all the time. Now, granted, it's not, you know, Christian McCaffrey level usage where he's literally touching the ball almost on every single play, but you know, running backs break down eventually. And obviously Derrick Henry is just a mountain of a human being and bigger than every basically linebacker, it seems at some point. So will he break down? I don't know, but that's definitely a possibility. And if that happens, that could hinder the Titans offense a little bit. See, I think that works to their favor more that they don't have to use Henry as much. And, you know, you can fool a lot more corners and safeties on play action and stuff because you, you got who you all you have to do is toss it up to Julio Jones and he'll catch it. Like literally just throw it up there high enough. Like, the play actions that'd be huge for them. 
because it's either you're, you're going to get like Derrick Henry's going to get like 20 yards, a 20 yard run, or all of a sudden you're going to bring in all the secondary and just lob one over the top to Julio Jones and get the touchdown. So I think that works to their favor more that you don't know what's going to happen because it's kind of like 50 50 almost every play now of what's going on. But um, no, you, you got a point. I would say that, you know, we'll, we'll see with Henry or not if he's going to be the same running back off 2,000 yards. Um, might you know take a step back he might 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 you know i catch up to him all of it too and he might you know take a big step back too but um i, I don't see that happening another bonus is that they do have taylor luan coming back because he blew out his acl i want to say last year or achilles some one of those like major ligaments so that's definitely a help in boosting the uh, the blind side for Tannehill with the two receivers because you want to see them throw more yeah, yeah i think i think the big question is uh on defense which we've hit on it's you know yeah, they have Jeffrey Simmons. Is he going to develop? He's He's been a guy that shows a lot of promise, but it hasn't necessarily translated into the numbers. Um, and then you bring in Bud Dupree as your big free agent signing. I've watched a lot of Bud Dupree. I've seen him get consistently better year after year, but there's also a degree of how good was Bud Dupree because on the other end was TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Stefan too. So if you have those three guys lining up with you and you're the fourth guy, obviously you're going to get some more sacks. So we're going to see how Bud Dupree works in Tennessee because he's not their number two or number three pass rusher. He is now their bona fide number one pass rusher and he's being paid like it. So he needs to go out and show it because their secondary is not holding up. The, like you guys said, Kevin Byard's the only real holdover and the only real veteran in that group. Yeah. Um, the other question we have to look at is, in reference to the rest of the AFC, are the Titans even a top three team in the AFC? You know, you have the Chiefs, you know, yeah. the Steelers are up there, the Bills, the Ravens, the Browns, the Dolphins maybe even. You know, I, I, you know we said at the top of the, of the, of the pod that, it's basically AFC championship or bust um, and a healthy Colts team can compete with this, this team, even the chargers, they, they can explode. So is this Titans roster good enough to win it all? And honestly, I don't think it is. I don't think so. It's, it's going to be, it's, it is Absolutely. defense. Not, not for me. Yeah. Well, so, here's the thing too. I, I it, it's the defense, but also I don't, personally know if Ryan Tannehill is a Super Bowl level quarterback it, it, with Jimmy G without Arthur Smith it's Jimmy G all over again See, I think I, it's just, yeah it's plug and play well, I, without a defense I liked Tannehill I like Tannehill with Arthur Smith and I love that Arthur Smith let him run play action so much I need to see what they're going to run. If they're going to go more, just we're going to try to pound the ball with Henry every single down, as opposed to mixing in play action and, you know, setting up kind of a new offense there, as well as, again, they have two really big X receivers, essentially. They have two, you know, six foot, like three guys. So that's all on the deep ball. And I don't know if I've seen Tannehill throw that many deep balls. um, When I've been watching, especially, if they have been, it's all play action. Yeah, he doesn't so take too many deep shots. Offense, unless, yeah, unless it's off a of play action that he has clearly wide open. So I need to see the offense. But even if the offense is clicking, I don't think this defense stands a chance to slow down the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, probably even the Ravens. 
So yeah. before we move on to the next team, final predictions for their regular season record. For me, I'm going to go with 12 and five because it is 17 games this year. Um, 11 and six. I'm thinking 10 and seven. I'm going, I'm going 10 and seven. I'm going 10 and seven. I think I, again, I think they start this season. Don't be surprised if, you know, week seven, week eight rolls around and they're sitting around 500. I think this is a team that's going to start slow. So much like the baseball pods, I pick the higher end for most teams. So let's move on to the wildcard team from last year. And that is the Indianapolis Colts who were also 11 and five. And the big moves this offseason where Phillip Rivers retired. They traded for Carson Wentz. He is since hurt. What a surprise. And Quentin Nelson also hurt with the same foot injury, which they both had to get surgery. And both of their timetables are five to 12 weeks. The injuries came within a few days of each other. So that's great. But in the draft, they added Quiddy Pay. So they got a pass rusher just to replace Justin Houston, who has since gone to Baltimore. So. Indianapolis Colts, a lot of teams, a lot of people thought that this team was ready to go. They got Carson Wentz and he's hurt. So the floor is basically he could be ready by week one because while it seemed like he wanted to rehab and try to play through it, but then he ended up getting the surgery. So he could either play week one or if it's if it's 12 weeks, that's about week seven to eight, give or take. So it could be a disaster season and start for the Colts because Jacob Eason is basically QB one right now. Yay. Yay, Colts talk. Um, man, it, it it was looking nice up until a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, Carson starting to get equipped with his offense. Um, but I'm I'm not counting out the team yet, and and that's because of uh, three players, and that's T- Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines. Um, they have an insane running back room. This offense, they have a great offensive line. Um, obviously quarterback's not going to be around for a little bit, whatever. So Jacob Beeson can do whatever. Um, this offense is fun with these running backs. It, it, it's a three-headed monster back there. Marlon Mack um, injured all of last year, came off a thousand-yard season the year before. Um, Naheem Hines and Taylor took the load, split the load for the most part. Taylor got a little bit more, of course. Um, he had a great rookie year. Um, I, I, I think the offense could be okay as long as Eason doesn't make dumb mistakes. And the defense, too, it, it, it's okay, the defense. You know, secondary is lacking, of course. Up front, you know, Buckner's awesome. You know, you got Darius Leonard and a couple other guys. But now the, def- the secondary is a little bit weak right now. Um, Still have no cornerbacks. They, they, yeah, that. Uh, but if they just try to stay afloat those couple weeks where Carson's not there, you know, win well, majority of the games, I, I think they can still compete for the division title. Well, the big is going to be because a lot of people consider their offensive line when healthy one of the better ones, obviously, Costanza retired, but they replaced it with Eric Fisher coming off of a torn Achilles. Quentin Nelson, foot injury. Ryan Kelly also hurt. Glowinski's Glowinski. He never gets hurt at this rate. And then they have Braden Smith. So, Three-fifths of their offensive line is banged up right now. So if they're running out Sam Tevy and co, that could be a disaster for Jacob Eason to stand behind. Listen. Here's here's the toughest part, I think. If this happens later in the year, okay, the schedule's not too bad. First five weeks of the season, Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. Then you get the Texans. Three of those five are on the road, I think, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yep. you get the Texans and then you come back with the 49ers. So um, if if Wentz is, is out, if Wentz is out four weeks, and I mean, and I like this Colts team and I love the running back group and I like the defense a lot, but I have literally no idea what Eason is giving me. 
No, no one does. There's, away. A, we follow way. The team every day. there's a de- there's a definite chance Wentz comes back week four, week five, and the Colts are sitting at one and four or one and three. Oh and five. I can see it. I can literally oh, see it. I picked a great time I, to go I, out. I can see I can see them sneaking I could see them sneaking one on the Titans or one on the Dolphins. But what do you feel about I, the Rams game? See week one against oh no. No, <laughs> I don't Justin's think so. going out to Indy. I think that <laughs> Yeah, I got my tickets for that game. Enjoy the drive, the drive through Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, beautiful. Oh, it's going to be a miserable Wonderful. 20-hour round trip if uh, Wentz isn't there. And if we get blown out by the Seahawks, God, that's that's going to be terrible. Aaron Donald versus no Quentin Nelson, someone's going to die in the backfield. Oh, man, I'm I'm excited for that yeah. matchup. And <laughs> Jesse brings up a great point with the, the starting schedule. We could legitimately see an 0-5 start for the Colts, which would be worst-case scenario possible. And it's so weird that Nelson and Wentz have the same exact injury, basically. I don't know how and, it happened. And it flares up at the exact same time. Um, you Is know, I've, something I've read with a bone? They had to, like, yes. t- they had to take a bone out? Yes. Which you, you know, would th- I've heard from sources that this isn't even Quentin Nelson's first uh, surgery this offseason. So, I, I, you know, this, this team could be imploding. Frank Wright got COVID, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I saw a t- there was a tweet from, like, I think it was Schefter, where it's like, Darius Leonard unsigned, no quarterback, uh, Colt, uh, coach out, Ryan Kelly hurt. It's like, oh, this is going swimmingly for the Colts. Yeah, it's It stinks. And, um, you know, it, 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 they're going to start bad. And then, of course, you know, how we talked about the Titans in the last one, how, you know, Derrick Henry starts getting hot more towards the end of the season. If that happens again, you're screwed. You're not getting a wild card in the AFC. The AFC is stacked. Look at the um, the, a- the AFC the West. North right now. There's three contenders in the AFC. North. And the West, too. They're and pretty the West, good. Yeah, the West, too. Broncos, yeah. Like no, the, the Chargers. Broncos. And the Raiders, if they've get their shit together they can figure it out but yeah but no you're not it's it's division champion or nothing it's so it's rough for the Colts right now it's rough and the Wentz injury does not help at all it does hey it might help you guys keep your uh okay but that's worst case scenario right where well that's actually best case scenario if Wentz sucks Easton sucks we keep our first round pick worst case scenario is Wentz well no your best case scenario is Wentz no, your best case scenario is Wentz is out until about yep. week five or week six, comes back, performs really well, but you Misses guys don't make the playoffs and you still send them the second round the pick. pick. Yeah. But but you keep the first. Worst. Even then, if Wentz plays good but the team is bad, you get a high pick. Yeah. Worst case is Eason plays well, Wentz sucks, makes the playoffs somehow, and we still have to send a first-round pick. And we still lose in the wild card round. like it. And yeah. you have two quarterbacks that you don't know who to start. Yep, and we're back um, to some- – oh, oh, man, Wentz. Oh, let's talk about that. Oh, I feel- <laughs> yeah. Because there was a there, – of course, the minute Wentz goes down, everyone's like, well, they got trade for Nick Foles. And then Foles, of course, in his press conference, is like, yeah, I love Frank Frank. He's the only one I want to play for. <laughs> so it's like, here we go again, round and around, poor Carson Wentz, that where he's tied to the hip of Nick horrible. Foles. And – he got out of the toxic situation with two quarterbacks and they didn't know which one to go to. Granted, it seemed like him and Foles were at least friends and him and Hertz hated each other, but it's like, you can't do it to that guy again to bring in Nick Foles. Also, There's no Nick way Foles they will. isn't good. He threw an no. interception every game last year he played in. Is he, he's still on that $18 million deal too. Yes. He's not yeah. On, yeah, yeah, no, no. no. He's a third stringer. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. At that point, if you really are worried about Wentz's long-term health and really want to make sure you're the best team you can be for the first couple of weeks of the season, you go out and get Marcus Mariota, who's the best well, backup available right well, and now. And then, of course, we had the story because someone just had to go ask Phil in Alabama what he's doing. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'll come back for a late uh, season run. It's like, Phil, if Eason is the starting quarterback and we need you to come back, there won't be a late season run. We would need you now. Because it basically... Yeah, no, to, Phil, we need you now. He wants to play... <laughs> He basically wants to coach still, and then he'll come back. It's like, bro, no. It's a mess. It is. So I made a commitment to these kids. Yes. I can't abandon these kids. I'll come back later and play. It's, it's a mess. And Listen. also, like, going in with, like, Wentz and Rivers, Rivers <laughs> set the bar a little too high for Wentz, if we're being quite honest. Yeah. This is- he took care of the ball and did, what, didn't get hurt. That's another thing. Uh, and he Never actually did. got to the playoffs. So, Never, yeah. This is great because we have a platform here where Justin can just let it all out. <laughs> it's all coming out now for Valentovic. But, you know, let's look at this roster, Justin. Now, before you tell me everyone I, I name is elite, Justin, you know, <laughs> does Paris Campbell stay healthy this no, year? No, he slips on ice. No, he's going to be hurt at some point. He's missing at least 75% of the games. <laughs> the, fu- the funniest thing with the Colts being, like, injured and stuff is, like, this is Justin's, like, only team that's, like, good that he follows. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden they're going to be bad now this year. So he's not going to have a good team for like at least another like 365 year. days. Yep. Yeah, literally a year. <laughs> yep. You know, they're rolling out T.Y. Secondary Hilton. Teams. He does. They got T.Y. Hilton as a wide receiver one. Pittman looked solid last year at times, a little inconsistent. You know, they go out like and Pascal. they – Pascal. 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 Um, they Quiddy Pay was a good was a good steal there uh, at 21. And you know, instead of going another position of need, they go with a guy with a torn Achilles in the second round. And you know, looking at the secondary, Xavier Rhodes could have a bounce back year. Kenny Moore to Justin Short. is the best. No, Xavier Rhodes was good last year, so he's gotta be bad this year. He'll be bad yeah. this year. That's the yeah. rule. It's, yeah, and it's Kenny every Moore, other. Kenny Moore is five eight going against two six five wide Jones two times a year. <laughs> Clark loves Julian Blackman. Justin thinks George Odom is elite. Um, hey, he was an all-pro uh, special, special teamer. teamer. He was. Yeah. This, right. this, this this could be either really bad or really good for yeah. the Colts this yeah. year. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see what we have in Eason, though. Because if, he, if Eason's good, what happens <laughs> I with feel, Wentz? I feel bad for his mental health, honestly. I really do. Who, Justin? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, um, no, Carson, because – it's just deja vu all over again. Um, it really is. When was Eason picked last year? Was he a fourth, fifth round? Fourth, yeah, fourth round, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that, he was a so that means fourth round is like project, but he has the potential to start at and one. Well, he's got a huge arm. And no, I know. The worst he's got, like we got, a, Sam he's got a Josh Allen level. Yeah, and then yeah. we got Sam Ellinger. So that's great. The greatest story I've ever heard was when Carson Wentz got drafted. His wife said he found him under the dinner table watching film. That's the greatest Carson Wentz story I've ever heard. Why under the dinner table? She said he was under the table. Oh, God. The Colts, though. some records. Yeah, like we said, it could go either really well or really bad. And I'm going to say it's not quite Hindenburg disaster bad, but I say they salvage it and they're nine and eight. Uh, I'm going – Opposite. I'm going eight and nine. I'm, I'm being realistic. I'm, I'm not showing yeah. here. I'm going realistic. I'm the going first eight and nine. quarter of the season could be a straight up disaster. And we've seen it where once teams are bad to start off, you don't recover. I'm going eight and nine. Um, Seven and 10 for me. Oh, I was waiting for one and 16. No, no, no. So, you know, listen, being completely honest, what Wentz do we get? No, we exactly. Get last year that too. Wentz or that too. Two You're, years right. Ago Wentz. You're right. So You're right. 
that's a big question mark. Coming off an injury, he could pop. Well, come, coming off an injury, and if Easton say is three and two, two and three, and and decent, it's like, well, he has him breathing ba- down his neck now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm honestly going six and eleven. I think they have a, I think they have a tough schedule. And even if Wentz comes back, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get him into it. And I personally, I mean, we'll get to it. I think the Jags can steal a game on them. They always um, do. I think. I think. I think the Texans. We suck. I think the Texans are two wins, obviously, but there, there are some teams in this schedule. You know, they have to play the Bucks at some point. It's a. Uh, they yeah. have to play. It's it's a tough schedule. It's a borderline and it's a tough first schedule place schedule to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's tough to be hurt during this and schedule. One last note: it sucks, but Wentz is. I mean, Reich is probably tied to Wentz, so who knows what happens with the Colts down the road based on Wentz? I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I mean he made the playoff. I think Reich's. Year. I think Reich's shown enough. Well, I think Reich, if if they can't find a quarterback to get to pair with him, he has done enough to show that if you give him whatever quarterback, he can still make it to the playoffs. I know you guys loved Rivers, but I'm sorry. Rivers was kind oh, of – Oh, no, pushed. I know. No, I know. <laughs> he, so, I mean, Reich, Reich is going to do the best with what he's given. But I would rather a hurt Wentz with I know what Rivers can give me than the unknown of Eason at this point. Just be of the where the team is. Yeah. That's just my take on that. So, yeah. let's switch gears and move to – the biggest dumpster fire basically in the NFL. And that is the Houston Texans. They somehow finished third last year because the Jaguars were even worse somehow, but they were four and 12. They had no draft picks because they just made horrible moves, basically plain and simple. Um, And there's a, the ongoing Deshaun Watson issue. So we don't know if he will play or whatnot. So, and they have a coach that no one, and there's a coach that no one basically respects on that team. So they could be, pretty pretty bad there's really nothing too too much to talk about we is they're a really bad football team and yeah. watson could either be shipped out or just won't play i'm gonna talk about this team without saying watson being there i, I think that's the move i, don't think, I think that's traded. the safe one i i think he yeah, i don't think he plays play. regardless plays. he's not he he's not touching the field this year they've already set his like court date and stuff i believe for around february yeah, there's so, no way they're letting him play this year. The commissioner will not allow it. So I'm going to go with, you know, Tyrod Taylor as your starter then, which honestly, not the worst option, not the worst option in the league. He's, he's manageable. He was doing fine until his lung got punctured last year. When his, the team traders stabbed him. Literally, probably inside job by Herbert to get him the starting <laughs> job. But no, um, it, like you said it best, Justin, it, it's a dumpster fire. No J.J. Watt. Hopkins has gone for another year now. It, it, it's the offensive line. It, it's just not there. The running back room is all like washed to mid-level players. Like it's, it, it's not fun. And their defense has a bunch of no names that I don't even know, like going through their defense right now. Um, it, it's a bad it, football team. It, it's a bad football team. I feel, I feel bad for the Texans because you know, they, they, the fans don't deserve this. They don't deserve to, you know, be close. Well, they, they were an AFC championship game too, right? Weren't they? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Pretty close, I think. Yeah, no, they yeah, weren't divisional. They, they got into the divisional, but you know, the show with Watson. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about what he did, but you know, one of the greatest when in the league when not dealing with any of that crap, and then you know, Hopkins and Watt and bunch of good guys and a fun team to watch, a really really fun team to watch, and the fans don't deserve that, so that stinks. But they're they're not good, plain and simple. They're going to be, I'm going to say it probably now, the worst team in the league this year. 
I, I think yeah. they're number one draft. Do they pick. have their first overall pick, uh, their first round pick this year? Yeah, no idea. Yeah, so I they're going to they need do. They're, they're finally done with the uh, the Tunzel trade. Thank as God. Far as I know. They needed it because I think they're, they're realistically might win three games. So I think That's three and 13. A That's a lot there. That is a lot. Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm going to. What's so funny to me is, you know, they're looking for a coach. What's the worst possible coach we can get? Let's go to the team with the worst wide receivers and hire their wide receiver coach. It's the Jim some, Tom Sula. Some 65-year-old guy who doesn't even know – doesn't even sound like he knows what he's talking about. And also, when did Philip Lindsay sign here? I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just I just had him walk. Washed, like, running yeah. backs and players. Like, is David we're, Johnson we're still there? Davis, David Johnson's yes, there. and yeah, Mark Ingram, I think. Yeah, yeah they have Mark Ingram, too. Yeah. You know, we're going to be seeing Davis Mills probably on week 12, 13, just to maybe see what they have in them when they're 0-10 or something. The defense is atrocious. Why Why guys even signed here? I don't know. But not a terrible receiver core. Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, Anthony Miller. Who's throwing it to him, though? That's the problem. Yeah, you know, this is, this is a one-to-two win football team, and we're looking at the first overall pick here next year. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll get their win early on. Honestly, so Colts, they baby. won't go the zero and seventeen. <laughs> but I, yeah, two to three win. They had this money in free agency. They spend it on backups. They don't have a QB really. They don't. If if anybody can name like six players on the Texans besides like the wide receivers, yeah, the no. it's like it's it's bad. This is a bad football team. They know Plain they're going to be bad. Plain and simple, bad football team. I'm going one sixteen. So let's flip over to the final team in the division. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who came in at a good old one and 15 last year because they had 16 games. And they ended up with Trevor Lawrence. They hired Urban Meyer. Travis Etienne was also drafted in the first round. And the biggest acquisition is Tim Tebow is a tight end for him. So how are we feeling about the Jags? I, I feel the same as I usually feel about the Jaguars. I mean, obviously, Lawrence is a great. Great guy to have there. Great guy for your franchise for the future. But once again, there's not much around him. Um, I think Lawrence is, you know, everyone's hyping up Lawrence and all that stuff and saying he's great, which he is great. But I think once he's in this setting and he's not at Clemson with all the stars around him that were drafted as well and all that, I, I think you see a little, you know, obviously a little bit of a decline from that. And, um, you know, there, there are going to be some doubters in the first half. And I think he does pick it up in the second half a little bit. Um, but they're, they're not going to be as good as, you know, some people are saying. But they'll, 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 Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is great still. Um, but they, their defense is a little odd, too. That's going to kill them in a lot of games. And, you know, it, it won't live up to the hype, I don't think, as much this year for Trevor Lawrence. Plain and simple. I'll leave it at that. I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think. I, you know, listen, Trevor Lawrence is fantastic. He's got a really good running back duo with Robinson and ETN. He's got a solid old line. They got Marvin Jones in the offseason. DJ Chark was good. LaVisca Chanel had a lot of good moments in his rookie year. Uh, I would see the whole Tim Tebow hype. I don't know, even know why people are really talking Publicity, about that. Yeah. But Does he play a snap it, during the regular season? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, I, I think he yeah. does. Yeah, Urban Meyer likes him enough. Oh, he's, drafted... he's the fourth string right now, so I don't know. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he gets cut before. Um, you know, like you said, Clark, the defense isn't good. They they got Shaquille Griffin, which isn't terrible. 
Um, you know, the linebacking core is good with Miles Jack and Joe Schobert. Josh Allen's a really good defensive end. I don't think it's going to be terrible. Uh, you know, obviously not a playoff team, but, you know, I'm thinking, you know, six, five to six wins, maybe even seven. I, I don't, I know, obviously, I think Lawrence wins rookie of the year. He could have a terrible year, but he has so much hype that he's probably <laughs> going to win it anyway. Probably. So it's not terrible. I think they have the potential to be the second team in the South due to the Colts injuries. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with Lawrence. And it's, you know, the first four weeks uh, he starts, he gets the Texans, the Broncos, who have a very good defense, but the Cardinals and the Bengals. He gets three bad defenses out of his first four weeks. He could put up like 200 plus yards. I, I think he might break the single uh, season, the rookie debut record that Cam has of like 330 yards. He could beat that against the Texans because oh, the, absolutely. Best, the best thing that the Jaguars have is they have a really good receiving core, as Steve said, uh, Marvin Jones, DJ Shark, um, LaVisca Chanel, and then they also have D.D. Westbrook coming back off of, uh, I believe, is the ACL tear. I think they said stuff. ETN's going to be taking snaps at wide receiver. At, yeah, at slot and stuff. Mm-hmm. They want to they want to move him around. Uh, they also have Sh- uh, Chanel there who does a lot of that moving around and stuff. Um, the biggest thing for the Jaguars early on for me and why I think they're going to be better than people expect is nobody is going to know what they're running. Nobody is going to have film on them. We saw Justin Herbert come out and compete with the Chiefs right, right away, away. Yeah. simply simply for the fact that nobody had film on him. And I've used you know this analogy before, but the Bears tricked themselves into Mitchell Trubisky because he had a good stretch during you know his first two years because people didn't have film on him. As soon as people got film on him, Everybody understood what he was, but the Bears kept telling themselves, well, no, he had this good stretch. He had this good stretch. I think people don't realize how much film matters. And we don't know what the Jaguars are going to run. We don't know if they're West Coast. We don't know if they're going to be a play action style. We don't know if they're going vertical. We don't know what they're running on offense for a good portion. So for those first five, six weeks, when they're going up against teams that don't know what they're doing, they could rip off some wins. Um, And I'm expecting the Jags to be closer to mediocre than just being straight awful, which we're kind of used to. I could see them going seven and 10, maybe eight and nine and feeling really, really good about it. So with that, then uh, what's everyone else's record? Cause I, I'm kind of in the same ballpark where they, I don't think they get to 500, but they definitely hover around 500. So I could see a, a six and 11, seven and 10 season. Four and 13. <laughs> You, you I don't know. say it. I just don't say okay. it of the defense. I just don't. I just don't say it. I really don't. I, I'd love to. I like to be proved wrong because I loved what I saw out of Lawrence in college. But I, four and thirteen. You know, we're looking at. You know, last year Justin Herbert had an. Every game was good except for the Patriots game last year with Herbert. You know, we're all expecting Lawrence to fail a couple games, but what if he doesn't? True. You know, he can come out and have the greatest rookie season of all time. That being said, there's also a chance he does fail a few games. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go seven and 10. Nice. Well, that wraps up this podcast. We're going to have a few more NFL ones coming down the pipe in just a little bit. SummerSlam is two weeks away. So we'll have that podcast all coming out soon with takeover as well. And Steve, you're working on a, a special podcast as well. So that will be out in the coming week, give or take. So Steve, where can everyone listen to those? You guys know the drill.
subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Sports Deft Pod. That's Sports D-E-P-T Pod. Mm-hmm. Justin basically just said the rundown of what's going on. A lot of fun stuff up, up and coming. Um, like I said, I'm most excited for Steve's sit-down interview. I'm not going to say who, even though no one gets this far in the video, so they won't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but they'll see that when it pops up on YouTube. So that's exciting. Um, Justin said SummerSlam. Maybe we'll throw in just another one more wrestling podcast before SummerSlam and take over and all that crap that's a lot to get through um like justin said too football basketball's on the back burner for now maybe a free agency one just breaking down some of the trades and all the stuff that happened baseball will throw one in there too so stay tuned to all that fun stuff and we'll see you in the next episode